to Getting to Show You, a podcast where my friend Balt and I take turns introducing each other and you, the listener, to media that we love. I'm Lou, and this season I have the pleasure of getting to show you DuckTales 2017. Woo! <laughs> oh no, this time I forgot. I'm sorry, it's because you just said the 2017. Yeah, I have, just, I have to clarify. <laughs> Yeah, that's and uh, important. Just to, to clarify, this is episode three of a season. We really recommend that you listen to the other episodes before this one. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, we're going to cover episodes 13 to 19 um, of season one. And we're starting with a banger, right? The first one was Yeah, already, this uh, episode 113, The Spear of Selene. It was highly anticipated by you. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me about it. Oh, yeah, well, I, I knew, like, I saw the title and it was immediately like, okay, this is gonna be about Della Duck, I'm gonna learn more about the lore, this is so cool, and then it was everything that I hoped for and more, because <laughs> I am a huge, like, Greek mythology nerd, <laughs> Yeah. or, like, used to be as a kid, I would, like, you know, with, with these neurodivergent kids' special interests, mythology is, of course, one of Always. the big ones. I was that, um, <laughs> so I was fed so well here, uh, <laughs> because we go to this, I don't know, mythical Greek island that is uh, a place where apparently the Greek gods are real. <laughs> well, they live there. <laughs> they live there, like, at least Zeus lives there, and... Um, uh, the other, I Astrocules and Selene also live there, and... Presumably yeah. more, but we don't Probably. know. Probably, yeah. So yeah, that was amazing, and I really uh, could identify with Huey in that moment yeah. <laughs> when he was really so excited. <laughs> yeah, that was me in this episode as well. That was that was great. Yeah, and then um, of course I I always love when uh, Dewey and Webby team up to find more uh, yeah. find out more about this because. Um, yeah, that was like the first defining trait that I learned of Dewey, that he's this this uh, guy who who wants to know more about his family and about his mom. And ah, yeah, it was very, very cool. Yeah, it's a it's one of the like first more emotional um, episodes where we see like the impact that Della has left mm-hmm. and that Della's disappearance or whatever happened has mm-hmm. left like when Storkyleaf asks Donald where Della mm-hmm. is and he looks sadly to the children and like tells ah. volumes about yeah. it uh, it's they did such a good job as mm-hmm. always yeah i th- i loved the the emotional beats in this episode because there were um like small uh, moments especially with Donald, but then also, of course, with with Dewey, um, where you saw that this is, you know, much more than a silly um, cartoon thing. It, it goes much deeper than that. Um, and, yeah, it, it was really cool to, to get to know characters that know Della as well and who apparently loved her and... Um, we're so happy, like the the scene where uh, Celine um, ta- talks about um, Della and is like, "Oh, I set up this trap for her because yeah. I thought, well, that was gonna lure her. Where is she?" And then sh- her being like pretty bummed that Della is not there. Um, yeah, that was. I don't know. It feels like I'm just scratching like the surface mm-hmm. of what what's underneath there, but there's. Like it's very interesting how they set up this character who isn't even here, and we learn more and more about her through all that. Yeah, that, I think that is really such a cool way to tell the story to show mm-hmm. the impact Ella had on the world around her before we ever get mm-hmm. to meet her, if we get to meet her. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's really yeah, it's I don't know, so well done, and I love. I love the characterizations for the gods. All of them oh, are yeah. so good. Storkyles mm-hmm. as a himbo, and Selina is such a wonderful, like, bubbly, charming, mm-hmm. loving character. And it's mm-hmm. just, I don't know, it, it made me so happy. Yeah, Storkyles is 
amazing. I immediately um, <laughs> really got into this kind, like this this character. He is so fun to watch, yeah. uh, especially like when he picks up Donald and is like, "Oh my god, my <laughs> best friend!" <laughs> and like squishes him in his impressive boobs. <laughs> that was amazing. It is such um, a funny yeah. idea to have like a Greek god like insist on being someone's friend who doesn't want to be his friend yeah yeah, we just know each other acquaintances oh this is my best friend this silly little guy (laughs) yeah that's that's amazing and like Um, the implication that Celine and Della like really did have a very close friendship on the other hand yes absolutely (laughs) like they they had the head of Thing of some sort. Yeah. I'm not implying anything here, but no, the the vibes are definitely there. That the gods yeah. and the the twins are very much involved. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Interesting how they set up this story there. This is maybe going to be a weird comparison, but <laughs> what what I thought of um, when I like saw them introduced Della through all these other characters and their memory of them, I was thinking of uh, Daphne du Maurier's uh, Rebecca. Oh yeah. Rebecca has also a story where like the title character isn't even there. She never appears like she's dead before the story begins. Um but she's so present through the way the story is told and through the way she has impacted other people who are still there and talking about her. And that's what I like that's the vibe I got from um this episode and w- like how everybody reacts to Della. Yeah, that is definitely I I mean, I don't know if it is a purposeful inspiration but it definitely is mm. so very very much similar a very big power law yeah and and just like an impressive way to tell a story like i felt that such good yeah. writing in that part and not just in that part i also loved all the like little jokes in there they, they, they i i caught two i'm sure there's more like small jokes about uh, ancient greek philosophers yeah. like uh, when dewey said uh, said assume that i know nothing yeah. <laughs> you know that I, I wrote that line out too because it's also yeah. the delivery like baseline assume i know nothing and it's yeah. it's so funny in this context so good yeah. they're so clever the, the other one that I caught was uh, when Louis was napping on the beach and Donald's coming up to him and he's like, oh, get out of my son. <laughs> You're in my light. That's that's also one. That, yeah, that made me very happy. Yeah, they have so much fun with it. Mm-hmm. Like, you can really tell this mantra that they had set up of DuckTales has to be great. Mm-hmm. It shines through in every episode. Yeah, it's just It's just so impressively smart. Like, and... Like so much attention to detail in there. Yeah, for, exa- yeah exactly. Yeah. It's a, the attention to detail. You can mm-hmm. tell that it wasn't like just a rushed production that everyone yeah. just got the brought the bare minimum to. Like everyone wanted everything to be mm-hmm. perfect. Yeah, down to the ancient Greek that's on the wall that Webby translates. And I was like, I paused it because I was like, uh, okay, do I still have enough <laughs> knowledge you, about ancient you Greek? You can read ancient Greek? <laughs> yeah, I learned it in school for five years. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, I have uh, you... like wild language uh, stuff that I've You I are in a deep well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I paused it. I I didn't understand much. I was like, okay, yeah, this this means treasure. This means the gods or of the gods. What's that in between? I don't know. Oh, this is probably something. I think there was something like anger or something in there, or like um, yeah. Uh, are you Webby? <laughs> I I'm not because apparently Webby is much more fluent in ancient Greek than I am. Because I didn't expect her to translate it, and I didn't expect the whole thing to actually make sense. I just thought, oh yeah, maybe they made a little joke here and threw on some like uh, Greek um, alphabet uh, style letters, and maybe it's just something like a sentence in English, but with like Greek letters. But no, it was actually ancient Greek. <laughs> I'm not sure like how legit it was because like like I said, I'm not that that fluent in it anymore. But yeah. Wild, but I mean that is exa- like that also ties into their rule with casting people from like the et- ethnicities that they're representing. Mm-hmm. And in this episode too, like all the voice actors of the gods are Greek. Um, oh, nice! And there are famous Greeks too. Um, mm-hmm. At least Celine was voiced by 
um, what's her name? Nia Va- Vadalos, I think. Nia Vadalos mm-hmm. or Vardolos or something like that, who is like the um, actress from Big Fat Greek Wedding. Oh, uh-huh. like they and, and they and I think Frank Agona said that she like really gave Celine sort of this character that they then went with. Like her mm-hmm. performance informed what Celine was gonna be like, and I think that's really yeah. sweet that they do that. And like I think that's also important because it's not like partially it's about like casting the people of these backgrounds to represent themselves and that sort of gives it a sort of authenticity and a mm-hmm. feel that you cannot replicate by just casting anyone mm-hmm. and I, I, the, it's just such small things like having a character just become who they are because of who was cast it's yeah I love that about the show that was yeah i i can see um how that's good. like how that must have influenced the character. She is really just she's there for like five to ten minutes, and there's such depth to that character. Like you feel you you get to know her yeah. and Starkillers and Zeus as well. That's so cool. That's just really good. It's just a good mm-hmm. show. I I want to um, talk a bit more about how Dewey um, reacts oh, to yeah. finding out more about his mom because that was such a moment when him and Webby are fighting, just when they are so close to finding out, like, more or, you know, part of the truth. And he gets so scared for a moment that he's gonna find out that his mom was somehow, like, a horrible person who really betrayed her family, and he's not ready to face that. Like, that was such a a great emotional moment, and, yeah, I don't know, it was just very well done. And then, that contrasted... (laughs) <laughs> the moment before that, when they walk up that hill yeah. and he sniffs the grass and goes like, "Oh, what, what if my mom walked here? I can still smell her feet." <laughs> yeah, I really like um, Dewey's characterization in general, and like that they that like he gets to have all this depth and like all of these real fears and anxieties surrounding this. It's it's the writing is just really good. Yeah, and they find such a good balance between yeah. those funny moments and those like mm. deep moments where you really have to to stop and think about it, like about it for a moment. Yeah. That was that was so such a good episode. I wasn't disappointed at all. Oh, <laughs> one last thing um, I had a feeling like this is gonna come up again because I remember from like the first few episodes um, they said like the full names of Huey, Louie and mm. um, Dewey uh, and I didn't remember then and I thought yeah it's gonna come up again probably and then <laughs> when Stokulis <laughs> huh? I love yeah, Dewey's delivery yeah, of that <laughs> when, when Stokulis uh, went like, uh, g- like g- gave them fancy titles for besting him in, <laughs> in contests um, and then Louis just goes like oh please don't say my real name yeah. out loud that was, <laughs> so a bit, like, that was a big non-binary mood <laughs> oh yeah so real yeah I think that's that's it for that one all right, then moving on to one fourteen, day of the only child. Hmm. Uh, I'm okay. You tell me some thoughts you had because this is about your first impression, but mm-hmm. I have something very important to share. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I. That it was an interesting one. I wasn't sure, like. The, you know, the episode before was uh, <laughs> like a, a plot-centered one. Episodes after that were like trope ones, like, oh yeah, you know, the Space Pirates episode, something like that. Um, with this one, I wasn't really sure what to make of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I didn't really understand the setup at first. Um <laughs> I liked some bits of it. Others were a bit more confusing. <laughs> yeah. So, so the general idea of this episode is to sort of show the triplets' individualities and sort of their values and contrast them to each other and like really get their characterization down without constantly being influenced by like the others' inputs. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it is a choice and they originally had like an even bigger idea that it was like set in some alternate dimension for real okay. like like gyro opens a portal and mm-hmm. everything like mashes up and they're actually only children but like they figured it was too complicated and it's more mm-hmm. fun if it's just like a thing that they do mm-hmm. <laughs> just where they for pretend. fun yeah yeah but yeah I, this is one of those i've i 
I always threaten that they will come up these moments and this is one of those oh no Dewey is a little too me um, for me and I genuinely I remember when I watched this for the first time I had to pause and be like what the fuck because <laughs> Dewey's little like um, talk show that he sets up in his room mm -hmm. that is something I used to do at his age okay. and it was Damn. so scary seeing that put on screen uh -huh. like just so a perfect reproduction of what mm -hmm. I would like I would set up a webcam and like dress up and pretend to be a host of a talk show and sometimes would have friends like sit there and like we would mm -hmm. pretend to be like a talk show host and a celebrity and just seeing that was so mm -hmm. wild to me and that is one of those reasons why Dewey is my favorite because like yeah that's just me as a kid like what the fuck yeah. <laughs> who yeah. it's so okay. scary it really felt like somebody watched me and was like we'll put all of that into Dewey's character don't worry <laughs> like oh god <laughs> and apparently well, yeah. that is something Frank Agon is based on his own like he used to do that as a kid mm -hmm. which I think is really fun and maybe that's why I connect so much with the show because the showrunner is apparently also just yeah. me <laughs> Okay, yeah, I, I see how that can be a bit uncanny. <laughs> such a, yeah, uncanny is a good word. It was very uncanny. Mm -hmm. I paused and I was like, oh my god, how did they know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the, the, uh, yeah, that's why I love Dewey. It's just mm -hmm. such a mood always, forever. Yeah. No, I think in the end, I really liked the plots that Dewey and Huey got in this one. I didn't mm. like the Louis plot <laughs> because, I don't know, that, that character of that rich kid it felt like some weird stereotypes were like part of that. It was a little bit fat phobic at point, like at some points, um, where like this this fat kid has a clammy hand and like drinks out of a like like a drink from a hat or something. I don't know. I, I I just got a little weird vibes from that, and also that he like seems to be bad at making human connections and then that's immediately like uh, oh yeah so you're my, I guess my prisoner now and I treat people like objects and I guess I know where they like were going with it I just didn't really like it I see <laughs> yeah I normally don't do this but he will come back <laughs> oh fun okay <laughs> sorry yeah well no, but but what was great was re I I really loved the Huey plot with him. It was like. so good, <laughs> and I just I I loved how like genuinely wholesome like it like it was genuinely about yeah. how being kind is like a good thing. Like he mm -hmm. really helped these villains just by being nice to them, by being yeah. kind to them. It was so sweet how they portrayed that. It really got and, me. And not even like just like being kind to him, uh, being kind to them. It was more like. Well, I'm I'm annoyed because you don't know how to kidnap me correctly, and I'm gonna show you how it's done. <laughs> you <laughs> that are was such a very darling. funny. Like it's not just about being nice; it's also about like doing it the right way. Um, <laughs> and that yeah, he so loves his rules. He loves his rules, and I love that. Yeah, and then how he bonded with them, and I think one of my favorite moments of that episode was uh, when they uh, cooked together after mm. like this montage of how to set up traps. And then, uh, and then Huey goes like, "Oh, is that human?" <laughs> and, and then, like this, like this beagle boy goes like, "Oh yeah, like compliments the vegetables." Yeah, and it was such a cute, like the like the voice acting also in that moment was such uh, yeah. like it was perfect. It was really good. They did, yeah, and I I liked how that also like contrasted with like. Dewey perceiving Huey as like a robot. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, we watch Huey like make a genuine connection yeah. with others, and that was, it was just so well done. Yeah. Also, I like these moments when, like, um, even in the beginning, before it all escalated, um, they referenced each other, and Huey went like, "Oh, um, Dewey would have never listened to me. <laughs> like, yeah. They would have never done it the right way." Um, and then in the end, of course, it comes back to um, to show that really these three do belong together. And sometimes they're like they might drive each other up the walls. But uh, yeah, they really are um, working well together. <laughs> yeah. they're, they're really good at portraying family dynamics. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I liked especially that in the end, you know, they all get back together and go like, oh, yeah, we love being triplets. Yeah, it's just so cute. <laughs> yeah. So sometimes we need breaks and also... 
Um, oh yeah, I still have two two hours of the um, of only child day left. So <laughs> goodbye, stranger. Yeah, <laughs> that was very funny. Also, um, one of my favorite quotes of that episode um, was um, the I think maybe that was the first one that started the Dewey puns. I don't know. I never like I maybe oh, there I were Dewey, didn't pay Dewey attention where they started. But this one had um, the the moment where uh, where he went. Oh, now the question is, what do we do? <laughs> I was like, I I cannot pronounce it the way that he did, but it was so funny. Yeah, the Dewey puns are very good. They yeah. are very funny. Also, what what's this talk show called again? Dewey Do Night. <laughs> yeah, Dewey Do Night. Yeah, it's I love that. He's a darling. All right, episode 115, Beware the Buddy System. And I'm not going to let you speak. I will not let you speak because I must speak. We finally meet another one of my favorite characters. It is, of course, yeah. Fenton Crackshaw Cabrera. Voiced of by none other, none other than Lin-Manuel Miranda. I watched that. I paused and I screamed and I immediately <laughs> went, oh my god, you must be so pleased with yourself <laughs> that I got to meet him and didn't know this and I immediately, of course, recognized that voice. I was very pleased that I managed to keep it to myself. Oh, uh, yeah. I that just, was a good plot twist. I mean, Fenton is one of my, like, it's Dewey, Fenton, like, the list is, like, very close at the top, but, I mean... First of all, he he's voiced by Lin Manuel Miranda, who I love, and especially whose voice I love. Like his voice is such a comfort voice to me. Yeah, it's like I like every time I listen to it, I feel I feel the serotonin forming in my brain. Like it's just it it, it brings me joy just listening to him in general. And then he voices such a wonderful character. Fenton is so good like the optimism yeah. just the enthusiasm the way he like talks and the way he exclaims mm-hmm. all the time there is just something so wonderful and beautiful about this character that it drives mm-hmm. me nuts and then it's also a voice that i already love so yeah. deeply yeah it, it, he like certainly gives me happy brain chemicals um yeah. like immediately i was like like really this his voice is so recognizable of course i immediately knew that's him and then also it fits in so well like with this cast with this universe with this character it's just perfect it's just they they made a great choice there he brings it brings me so much joy this character that he voices it and there's so much fun like trivia around it like one of my favorite things was that and i'm surprised that you didn't know that he would voice uh, Fenton, no. because I was afraid you might because the McElroys had talked about it because they had oh. when when DuckTales was announced they um, did a bit where they were like because only like a handful of people were announced like David Tennant and Catherine Tate mm-hmm. and like not a lot of voice actors were announced yet and they mm-hmm. like did the thing where they were like okay let's suggest like who would we want to see in the show like what character mm-hmm. and who would we want to see uh, be the voice mm-hmm. actor and they said you know, our good friend Lin-Manuel Miranda would be perfect as Fenton, you know, being a superhero and everything. Uh-huh. And later, in a later episode, they talked about how Lin told them how he sat there, heard that, and was like, oh shit, oh fuck, who told them? Oh my god, did I tell them? Oh my god, Disney is going to fucking fire me. Oh no, I'm in so much trouble right now. Because the odds that they suggested uh-huh. him as the character he did play... That's he was wild. so scared that somebody thought that he told them and uh-huh. he was going to get in so much trouble because Disney does not like its leaks. No. And it was so funny. Like, I, I, I'm i going to send it to you and we're, maybe yes, we're going to remember to link it in the episode description. These two episodes that like mm-hmm. belong together of them suggesting Lynn and then Lynn talking about how mortified he was hearing mm-hmm. that. It is so funny to me. And, and then also, yeah. like, th- there was one... Um, uh, during a Comic-Con panel, um, Lin was also like part of the panel. And then he talked about how, you know, DuckTales is the most fun thing I get to do in my life. And like Ben Schwartz next to him was like, the most fun thing you get to do in your life? Like this man hasn't written like multiple award-winning projects <laughs> and stuff. And it's just, yeah. so it's so real to me. And that like, that is why I like Lin-Manuel Miranda so much. Like this, 
this is exactly how I would be. Like, if I was in his position of being, like, super famous, super recognizable, super mm-hmm. successful, and I was... I got the chance to voice a character on DuckTales, mm-hmm. I would also probably consider that the most fun thing I get to do in my life. <laughs> because yeah. it's such a dream come true for so many people. And, like, especially he has talked about how these afternoon cartoons have greatly influenced his music and like Mm -hmm. were such a huge inspiration for him to make music so he was more than thrilled to get to play a character and Mm -hmm. get to play this character like he's the superhero of duckburg like Mm -hmm. baseline like gizmo duck Mm -hmm. is the superhero of duckburg and he gets to play him that's amazing wow yeah it's also like one of the characters where like the the way he looked and also the name sounds vaguely familiar but I have no memory that is, of like any yeah that, that is because Fenton uh originally was just called Fenton Crackshell mm-hmm. and he looked very different because he was not a Latino duck back in mm-hmm. the 80s obviously um that was and Frank Agonis called it like his proudest addition to the to Duckburg creating this latino superhero who you know is clearly like who is informed by his heritage but isn't like mm-hmm. oh he's you know a samba themed superhero or whatever like mm-hmm. he's still just a guy too like mm-hmm. he just happens to be latino and so they mm-hmm. changed his name to Crackshot Cabrera to sort of make that more obvious and cast Lin-Manuel Miranda and it's yeah so excellent he is i mean mm-hmm. i'm I'm really happy they did that and the character looks very different now than he did just his whole character design is so lovable like every yeah. the shapes the hair the little mm-hmm. like pieces of hair that stick out and yeah the way he moves like it's just this is truly a character that i just want to like hold in my hand and look at forever mm-hmm. and listen to forever and it's so fun because like I went in this into this episode not knowing that he was gonna end up being I guess a superhero. Um, so nice. it's like he's he's just like this fun little guy who I was a little worried that you know he was gonna be there for a bit and then get fired or something. That is so maybe... funny because they did originally want to introduce Fenton as just the intern and then have the reveal that he's Fenton. Mm-hmm. Uh, be like a huge like holy shit what oh, okay, yeah. uh, th- so that was the idea but they realized if we announce that Lin-Manuel Miranda is cast as an intern nobody's going to believe us they will they will figure out that he's playing a bigger character yeah uh, and I love that you were absolutely like you were the target group for the original idea like <laughs> yeah that's just an intern I, who gets I fired for it. <laughs> I was like yeah Lin-Manuel Miranda is a busy man maybe they wanted him on the show but they only had the small part for it like, <laughs> exactly I, I would have believed it too like if they had been like yeah he voices an intern it's just a fun little easter yeah. egg for y'all no, like, Disney fans like, out there. <laughs> I don't know, like Daniel Craig playing uh, <laughs> Stormtrooper in one of the new Star yeah. Wars. You know, it, I, I think it would have it would have worked, but I I respect yeah. that they they imagined that people would be like, "You cast Lin Manuel Miranda as an <laughs> intern? What?" <laughs> yeah, but yes, it was like the build up was very good. Um, going with like this guy okay he he's a little messy um his idea are ideas are a little out there um he tries out this um new like prototype thing that is apparently not even ready to like show to the world um but he pulls it off and saves the day and also so many other great moments there like it starts out with the duckwing uh, darkwing duck thing yes. i was very excited right it was like oh my god they're gonna bring darkwing duck into this and then it turns out it's a tv show it's so good <laughs> right is a big fan it, of it. the reveal very is so good, good. Yeah. and I, I love it because in the original darkwing duck um show uh, Launchpad is like the sidekick to Darkwing Duck. Oh, cool! <laughs> yeah, I, I forgot to tell you that sooner, but yeah, uh-huh. Launchpad is like the sidekick in the pilot episode to like explain why Launchpad, like even like what he even has to do with Darkwing Duck. Mm-hmm. Um, he basically like meets him and he's like, "Oh my god, I'm your biggest fan! I'm your biggest fan! Please let me help you!" So th- now making him like a fan of the TV show was a really sweet touch. Yeah, with his little like. Uh, Darkwing Duck uh, figure yeah. in the car, <laughs> and also 
this this whole plot of him just like getting his driver's license and him being so <laughs> proud and then wanting like oh, expecting a big party or something. I love Launchpad. <laughs> And then how he's so worried this whole time that he's gonna be, like, um, fired so that the buddy um, can step in. And, of course, in the end, it turns out Scrooge never meant to fire him because, like, where else can you find a driver as insane as he is? I love that. Yeah, and also, um, like, the whole Beaks thing. It's getting really on the nose. Like, oh, yeah. he invented a self-driving car. How mm-hmm. How real. Also, the self-driving car is built on stolen technology. Yeah, it's like they really. I I'm surprised Disney let them go that far with it. Like, yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's a shock. Ever, it's great. I mean, that makes the show so much more enjoyable to adults who are aware of the world around them. Yeah. Yes, that was very good. Also, like, of course, I was very happy to have uh, Gyro. Um, to yeah. see Gyro again. I love it. Yeah, and I think my favorite quote um, from this episode was a gyro quote. It was right in the end uh, when when Phantom's very excited that he's not fired. And, oh, yeah. And, and gyro goes like, well, this armor's going to be 100% idiot-proof. And well, you're just, just the, the idiot, idiot to, to prove, prove it. it. <laughs> yeah. That was so funny. It's really good. I think the one yeah. the line that I wrote out was the delivery of um, Scrooge's, oh, good, another robot. <laughs> <laughs> like just the pure yeah. like ugh, oh. <laughs> so good David Tennant also re- a really fun joke that I enjoyed in this one was the shoulder blades you know the, <laughs> yeah. the razor the puns, blades that the came puns out of the are great around Gizmodog they are good. and I, also one of my absolute favorite bits and like one of the things that made me fall so in love with Fenton and everything was his like in general, his exclamations are incredibly joyful to listen to, but he does the little woo from the intro when he celebrates saving the car uh, from like falling down, and it uh, just it filled me with so much love and joy that I went back to that moment so many times because it's like yeah, of course he gets like of course the man Miranda gets to do that bit, like of course uh, Fenton gets to exclaim it like they do in the intro. It's just mm, oh, the ducktails of it all. Nice. Very good episode overall. Yeah, it is amazing. I just mm-hmm. love everything about this. Oh, also ending with this great, like, very dark foreboding uh, <laughs> bit of Mark Beeks, who of course now yeah. wants Gizmo Duck, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. uh, how that's gonna go. Perfect, Not of course. Great, yeah. It's gonna be yeah. very. It's a good storyline. It's a really good storyline with so many layers and everything. It's wow. Mm-hmm. And I think that's very a very interesting thing to do with this kind of like monster of the week format, or I don't know what it's called, like yeah. where where you can just watch this one episode and usually it will be fine, like you will understand the context and everything just from that. But also making a, a compelling show to watch all the episodes of, because now we know that that's something that might come up in the future. But when you just watch that episode, whenever it's going to be, and whatever it's going to be, it could probably also just be a standalone of, well, yeah, of course, this weird rich guy wants this uh, super cool uh, robot uh, suit. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a very cool way to do it. All right. The next one, 116, The Golden Lagoons of White Agony Plains. Such long titles in this show. Yeah, that was a wild one. (laughs) I don't know. It's a weird, weird for kids to be. I think to have such incredibly long titles, but they do. Yeah. Yes. First also, of all, David Tennant, yeah. beloved, most beloved. Uh-huh. I mean, just like the memory Miranda, David Tennant's voice is such a comfort voice to me. I mean, I was young enough to be very deeply influenced by Doctor Who and his mm-hmm. Doctor. So every time I hear his voice, my brain is like, yay! <laughs> so it's always yeah. good to have a Scrooge focused episode for me. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was very Scrooge focused. I for for a bit I was confused and was like, the Where are the kids? kids? <laughs> I want to see the kids. Hold on. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, uh, yeah. Frank Agonis has said that that is that was a bit like it's they they said it's hard to pitch episodes for a kids show that don't feature the kids much. Like they struggle to like get episodes like this done because obviously studio executives are like kids want to see kids in the kids show mm-hmm. they don't want to see old people but you know <laughs> yeah. they they managed to tell a story that even kids would enjoy watching mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and I thought, like, speaking of, like, the old characters, I thought it was very interesting that they kind of opened up the question of how old is Scrooge McDuck, really? <laughs> yeah, I love the line delivery cool. there. Like, yeah. Gold Rush? How old are you? <laughs> <So cool. laughs> yeah. That, and then just, you know, immediately also in this episode, giving a little bit of an explanation, at least by, oh yeah, they were just frozen in the ice for five years, and probably stuff like that happened a lot to him, but it's not really explained. No, it's, it's a very funny running gag in the show, that he's just yeah. impossibly old. I, d- I did enjoy Goldie a lot. Yeah, she's so she, good. She's a fun character, and the whole time I was sitting there, like, that voice i know that voice and just i, I it, it took me until like right the end i like i didn't recognize her um but when the when the title card like said Ellen jenny i was like oh yeah of course of course that makes so much sense yeah <laughs> she's a good choice also oh she has a great voice she does and Goldie's ah, a great character yeah. and a lot in this episode character. like references like older ducktales media so this one is really so much fun for the older generation and mm-hmm. i really like that when they do that yeah and and then um yeah i don't know the whole the whole pickaxe fight was so well choreographed yeah. it's very mo- movie like this episode uh-huh. it is it feels like i am going to regret saying this um maybe i have never watched an indiana jones movie <laughs> <laughs> no, um, for you but that's how I imagine I'm going to make are. it, you know that. Yeah, of course. That's why that's, I <laughs> Man, I hate to tell you this, but Indiana Jones doesn't even... Like, that's not even the vibe, unfortunately. Okay, well... There's no sexy pickaxe fights. <laughs> okay, I, I didn't, like, not, not the sexy part. I just, you know, being in a cave. And no, yeah, like, I being... mean, yes, 100%. I mean, yeah. this was obviously very informed by movies like Indiana <laughs> Jones, but... Um, yeah, Scrooge in general with in like flashbacks, mm-hmm. very Indiana Jones. Also, wow, that that red turtleneck that he wore in that flashback—it <laughs> was kind of a cool look. I was like, Scrooge <laughs> can can look this cool? What? Love that for you. Yeah, that was that was a moment. Uh, Listen, it's all there. about the, it's all about the tenant appeal. It even translated to his I animated so. characters. Just seeps into yeah. every character he plays. Hold on, no, I think the red turtleneck wasn't in this episode. I'm gonna. No, it was the next episode, but I, I didn't want to like the... ruin the moment for you. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I, I I take it all back. <laughs> yeah, and then when the kids were there in this episode, the kids were really funny, like going yeah. like, "Ooh, oh, you have a crush." Yeah, <laughs> I love how silly they get to get when they have nothing plot relevant to contribute. Mm. They just kids. <laughs> Alright, then moving on to 117. Jaws, or however I'm supposed to pronounce that. Yeah, I have no idea either. But um, yeah. yeah. Apparently, yeah. the title was Playing Chicken with the Lawyers to see how far they could get without being sued. Using the word <laughs> okay. Jaws. Uh huh. I mean, it's just a word that. You know, it's a part of the English language. Yeah, but if you have a a, a shark themed episode and you name it Jaws, you will get sued. But they were like, nah. Okay. Well, we've got a dollar sign in there. Doesn't count. (laughs) (laughs) That's very good. Okay, fun. Yeah. No, I I was like immediately happy to see Lena, of course. I'm always happy to see Lena. And then I was like, oh, is this going to be a strange Donald and Lena team up episode? Because it starts out with the two of them. I would have loved to see that, honestly. Um, but I'm also very happy, of course, about the uh, sleepover. Because that's so cute. Right. It's Webby's first sleepover party. It's so cute. And she's so excited. And she goes like, oh, we're going to brush our teeth yeah. and go to bed on time. <laughs> now, baby, that's not how it works. <laughs> I love it. I, I love Webby and Lena's dynamic. And this episode is really like such a key episode to really solidifying sort of who Lena is, what drives mm-hmm. Lena, and um, you know how Webby plays into it. It's so good. Yeah, and then really um, this episode, of course, uh, with Magica, um, like now you can hear the Catherine. Yeah, Tate. I think I now think this is the first episode obvious. where Catherine Tate was cast and voices the character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
<laughs> that, that bit where she says, "Dental hygiene can wait." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I think Lina's, yeah. and then Webby really wants us to brush our teeth. Is yeah. my favorite line delivery in this one, and yeah. also Magica's like. Tif like Tiffany bit like she has a name <laughs> yeah yes I love that pay some respect <laughs> yeah. so good I mean yeah. Catherine Tate brings such an excellent energy to this character mm -hmm. it's great yeah and what a match for Lena's like very deadpan sarcasm absolutely yeah and then also like now you can really see how shitty and abusive that yeah. whole relationship between them is. Yeah. Like when when she calls Lena a little dum dum, <laughs> that was so harsh. Yeah, um, it. Yeah, that's what I was talking about last mm -hmm. episode. That they were like, okay, we're going to portray an abusive family relationship here mm -hmm. without, you know, because it's like uh, Disney sort of has this sort of no bummers thing mm -hmm. about it, where it's like. Yes, you can talk about difficult topics, but they have to be shrouded in so many metaphors. Mm -hmm. And they really... Obviously, this is magic and everything, but they they really did a good job at portraying it in a way that children would understand mm -hmm. what they're looking at and sort of that it's bad. And they you yeah. know, did a good job there. Yeah. That, that whole... Like, also that Lena apparently also hates magic or doesn't want... Like anything to do with it. Yeah, because um, it's all yeah. she's known from Magicka. Yeah. Yes, and of course, like she has known only the bad aspects of it. Um, and then to contrast that with uh, Webby, who's of course like one of these weird little child, like children, who's obsessed with magic and the power of friendship as magic, and she's so into it. And Lina is, of course not vibing with it and like ah the clash like, of these two th things there's this really great like tension here where um magica always tells lena that you know if anyone found out that she has magic they would mm -hmm. immediately abandon her yeah. and then also webby being like really enthusiastic about magic and mm -hmm. lena only associating magic with like the pain she's known in mm -hmm. all, all her life like there is such an incredibly well written tension here for yeah. a kid show that then like blooms into this beautiful moment where Lena actually does use the friendship magic yeah. and it's uh, so well done because like we now realize okay Lena is going to you know has found sort of a safe place mm -hmm. here with Webby and is realizing yeah. that now and is also starting to like find the good parts of magic or find yeah. like a way of magic that is not horrible to her yeah. which is the the reason i nearly screamed at the end when she put the like the friendship bracelet into the ocean it was yeah. like no not the bracelet we <laughs> <laughs> yeah, made that for her it's really good because also you know this lena has only ever associated magic with bad and being like she herself thinks there's something bad about her because she's magic and then mm -hmm. seeing that it can be a force of good it's like i think really pivotal for her in this episode absolutely that was a great lena episode it's it just also made me very sad yeah it's a sad yeah it's a sad one for sure then to have the b plot uh, be uh, <laughs> i completely forgot thing. about the b plot <laughs> Yeah, the the media training um, <laughs> by Mrs. Bigley with the like water like spray bottle that was really funny. <laughs> so funny. And then also in the end, <laughs> my favorite was stand there. yeah, my favorite was the cut from like um, Roxanne asking him the question that Bigley prepared him for of like what part of Ireland are you mm -hmm. from. And then it cuts, and we get like a couple of scenes, like with the kids and the shark. And then mm -hmm. it cuts back to him being in the middle of a rant about being yeah. Scottish. And it, I think it's my favorite cutaway joke. That was that was good. Yes. The unique also history. Also, reporter. The reporter is yeah. so funny. She is. She is hilarious. Especially, like, she starts out with, like, oh, I'm a big fan, I like the, what you did in this adventure, and then the camera starts to roll, and she immediately roasts him. 
It's really a good episode, absolutely. and I really like because you were addressing that um, in an yeah. earlier episode. This um, concept of like Scrooge being like playing sort of very fast and loose with Duckburg, like this, mm-hmm. you know, he can do what he wants, and this is really yeah. a nice peek into sort of um, what it is like to live in Duckburg, where Scrooge gets to do whatever he wants. Like, mm-hmm. do people really like him that much? It's it's good. They did good. Yeah, like his. His family is no um, no like good point of reference because they get to join these yeah. adventures. Duckburg sometimes suffers, yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, I like you know um, in the ending where he just stands there and has to watch like while a camera's on his face yeah. and everybody else takes his yeah. money away, <laughs> and, like so the good. Beagle Boys come with a big truck and shovel up all the money. <laughs> so good. That was such a good shot. Who said in this episode, because I wrote it down, I don't remember it, but it was a funny line. Um, oh no, you don't, you predatory piggy bank. Oh, that's Scrooge. Alliterations so right. are always Scrooge. Uh-huh. I think I think that's all the notes that I took mm-hmm. for this one. Then we're moving on to 118 from the confidential case files of Agent 22. That was the one where, <laughs> where yeah, that the is red the red sweater red, was. Red, red, red. <laughs> there the you go. That like. is younger Scrooge. Yeah, and the whole aesthetic of that episode so and like good. all the flashbacks, it was so good. I love it. Like this sort of mm-hmm. man from Uncle vibe is so excellent. <laughs> yeah, and also I love that um, Mrs. Beagley finally got like highlighted and yes. got her moments of badassery. Um, that was very cool. Also, it actually is a pair. Of, there is a joke in, well, I think first or second episode or so. Pretty early, definitely, where Donald is like, how do you know so much about like karate and whatever, he asks. And she's like, I'm a spy, and starts yeah. laughing. And Donald's like, ha, uh, yeah. like, are you? <laughs> and she is. <laughs> I'm, I was not surprised at all. I just, yeah, because of all the stuff she taught Webby as well, yeah. it just makes sense that she's an absolute badass. Yeah. And, and she prepared is. prepared for everything. Um except for apparently the black heron which such a badass name right for, for a villain the black heron right and the character design to go with it so cool it's really cool and mm-hmm. also i <laughs> think the bringing in the gummy bears absolute delight it's so fun you yeah. didn't recognize them did you <laughs> no I'm, no yeah, I you didn't. don't recognize them it's you know the other famous Disney Afternoon cartoon gummy bears. Yeah, and like the bouncing around Yeah, they were bouncing around ones, ones. Yeah. and like the tapestry has like pictures of them and like the oh. castle and everything, like that's all um, them. And I, okay. I, and like a little bit of the music too, like their theme uh-huh. song also comes in. It's... <laughs> okay. I love it because like I said, Frank Agonis somehow got clearance for all characters and uh-huh. they really tried to work them all in there. Apparently, even the gummy bears. Even the gummy, even the fucking gummy bears they got. (laughs) I know the theme song. I'm just not sure if I ever watched the show. Gummy bears bouncing here and there and everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Interesting. Did not. Yeah, I just thought it was very, very cool that they have this, you know, kind of serious setting. This uh, super villain. (laughs) Their whole deal is bouncing stuff and i love this is one of my favorite parts of the episode where scrooge just keeps saying the word bounce and the way david tennant delivers it is so funny just bounce did you say bounce and just the way his (laughs) voice completely distorts on the word bounce and they keep letting him say it it's just had dying that was really good yeah Again, a lot of great lines in this episode. Yeah, like, so such a well-written episode. Like um, when when they called uh, the Black Heron a real bad egg. <laughs> that yeah. was pretty good. Or also just um, just before um, Scrooge like goes to rescue Mrs. Beagley, um, he goes like, like says to the kids, "Uncle Donald's in the pantry. If you need anything." <laughs> yes, I wrote that one too. That that one down too. Yeah. That is also one of my favorite lines. Uncle Donald's in the pantry. If you need anything, like yeah, he's just you know sometimes he's there. <laughs> yeah, followed up by if you if I don't come back, it's a pleasure having known you all, and yeah. all three of them not giving a shit because they're so focused on the Ottoman Empire oh. marathon. <laughs> it's so good. 
and like then uh, Webby coming along that was so good. It also is the, so good. Like, I love the dynamic between Webby and Scrooge mm-hmm. because like she has been obsessed with him and his whole family her whole life. Yeah, and she knows everything about him, and of course that's completely unsettling. But of course it also comes in handy at some parts. Yeah, it's very it's very sweet, and they wrote it so well, and like. I love how they wrote Scrooge and the way that he like interacts with this little girl trying mm-hmm. to understand her and like learn something and I just love mm-hmm. the episodes where Scrooge learns things. It's yeah. So good. Yeah. And a lot of that is probably David Tennant's performance cuz mm. he can do things with his voice that nobody else ever will be able to do with his, their yeah. voice. And also, like, even that moment where they didn't talk at all for, like, a half a minute, <laughs> when they just stared each other <laughs> at each other um, over their breakfast tea, and the noises, that they, <laughs> like, the, the soundscape of that, it was so funny. It, it really is a f- just a genuinely funny show. Like, the jokes work incredibly well. And then in the end, when he goes like, "Call me Uncle Scrooge," yeah, <laughs> oh, that really every every one of these characters is just his family. Like it doesn't matter if he's related to them. That's just, uh, yeah, yeah. I love that so much. Well, then moving on to one nineteen, Sky Pirates in, in the sky. sky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is a dewy one. Ooh. Oh yeah, the Dewey ones are always so dangerous because he seems like this—he's the most fun character, like the the one like the the um extroverted uh, mm-hmm. character. But then he's also so gut punchingly sad sometimes. <laughs> and for you know th- this characterization of like the like having these silly triplets and everything, they really give Dewey a hard time. <laughs> mm. Ooh. Yeah, he's like this whole time in the beginning when he wants to tell the story about how he got this hat, this cute little hat. I was like, let Me. the boy speak. I want to hear how he got it. Yeah. And then this whole time you like only hear small parts of it about this rainbow alpaca and him being the chosen one. I was like, I want to hear the whole story. Let him speak. I mean, the, what really got me was um, when, you know, I, I mean, the jumping to around in the episode but uh when, when they were like did you notice that dewey was gone and he's like you didn't even notice i was gone yeah. that one got me so good because as uh, someone who was like a invisible child growing up like mm-hmm. n- nobody really noticed if i was there or not it was really very hard to watch that mm-hmm. scene and like again why did they write Dewey like that? I don't want to relate to this cartoon duck so much. I don't want to see my childhood represented like this. It hurts. But then, like, they they always fix it. Yeah. And they always come back. Yeah, go, I, I, oh, I like yeah. that they all, like, made a genuine mistake here mm-hmm. and, like, had to learn how to understand. Like, like, yeah, they always, like, throughout the show, they have to learn to understand each other. And, you know, they have to learn to understand that, Dewey is like this and you need to listen to it like he really craves attention and love and um, you know companionship and you know you have to pause and give him his moment Mm -hmm. also that he has major ADHD like he cannot for the life of him sit still and be quiet absolutely yeah that's also a a, like very relatable part for me yeah I also uh, you know have experienced that many many times that I'm trying to tell a story and yeah. nobody cares yeah. and it's so frustrating. Too relatable. Sometimes mm-hmm. Dewey is too relatable. It's really upsetting. Yeah. But you know we get a new antagonist and old new antagonist, new old antagonist mm-hmm. here in Don Carnage, who's oh, from Tailspin originally. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, all character clearance. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I love that Jaime uh, Camille gets to voice him. And uh, Frank Agonis has also said this, but I also thought this when I heard it. He's like, he's playing Rogelio de la Vega from Jane the Virgin, but evil. And I love that. Oh, yeah. like, I love that he's that character, but if he was evil. <laughs> I can totally see that. Absolutely. He's such a yeah. great choice for this character. He's, mm-hmm. He has such a funny voice. Such a funny delivery. Yeah. It's, he's incredible. Like this whole gig. I saw, I saw the title Space Pirates and Sky Pirates. Sky Pirates. <laughs> it was like... Yeah, I love this trope. I love pirates yeah. in in the sky. It's such a good concept. Um, and they did the most of it. Like they, 
it's a singing, dancing crew of pirates, and they harmonize, and they have this captain who criticizes them for yeah. for their harmonies. <laughs> So and I, I just love that he gets to be an antagonist specifically for Dewey because he's really like evil Dewey. Like, yeah. he wants the spotlight and wants the attention and everything. It's yeah, very good. Wants to give everybody directions, but so you know. And yeah. I mean, I gotta say though, because I really think it has to be said Don Carnage from Tailspin, he lost a lot in like the redesign to match the DuckTales art mm-hmm. style of like the original, like attractiveness like this if you look at the original characters design from tailspin it's like oh this is another one that made a lot of fairies happen i think and <laughs> okay. i think his redesign is very cl- like very clean compared to that because okay. it just you know they need to fit them into the duckless universe and i respect mm-hmm. that and i still love the character design he looks very fun and weirdly mm-hmm. squishable for some reason i don't know what how they did that he, <laughs> like i just want to like pinch the nose bridge it's, it's so okay. cute i don't know why but yeah. yeah, the original design is very much like, oof, yeah, that's a pirate. F- I've ever seen one. <laughs> we. <Oui. laughs> uh, okay, fun. Yeah, I I did enjoy him a lot. I especially love that he's he's so like I love when you have these adults who get so angry about little kids and kind of <laughs> yeah, you, you know trope. make a small <laughs> tiny kid their nemesis. Yeah, that's, I, trope, that's yeah. so funny. And it yeah. makes sense that Don Carnage would be the idiot to have this. <laughs> Like, because Dewey does not perceive him as, like, an arch nemesis or anything. Yeah. But clearly he does now. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And it also makes sense to me that, you know, Dewey is the one that gets picked for this. Because he is different with adults than the other two somehow, you know. With with his friendship with Launchpad, too. Um, He's just, you know. I love the friendship with Launchpad. Because Dewey has to be, like, the reasonable one in this friendship but you know they're both like have this energy very specific like young like not thinking things through energy mm-hmm. and i just love that like dewey has to have these moments of being like reasonable and the adult in the friendship mm-hmm. with launchpad and yeah you're right yeah he has like like i said the sort of failing to bond with peers properly and mm-hmm. finding it easier to bond with adults very much a big part of dewey's character yeah. Oh, yeah. I wanted to say something other about, uh, about the the captain, Don Carnage. Don Carnage. Yeah. Do, um. W- one of my favorite bits about that episode was when he uh tried to um like pre- pretend that he was somebody else to to sneak on the plane and get back <laughs> to his own plane. And when he was like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, a, a plantologist." <laughs> I also like the little aside where they're like, we all know that's Don Carnage, right? Yeah, okay. Yeah, especially <laughs> so like funny. he comes with that with that uh, lab coat, and you <laughs> you immediately like I immediately made the connection that he has to have made it like out of the um, parachute, <laughs> and then you even see the parachute in the distance, and you see the cutout of. <laughs> <laughs> that was such a funny shot. Yeah. But yeah. When he when he then gets so angry and goes like, "How dare you! I'm the captain of the plan science sciencing committee or something like that." <laughs> That's so. Kami Kami is amazing. Yeah. So funny. Um, and he voices a different character in a different uh, Disney show, like a different character that shows up in uh-huh. Ducktales. We haven't seen that character yet, but he voices him in like a different show mm-hmm. and it's so wild because his voice is so incredibly recognizable that mm-hmm. like my brain immediately associates like a face and the character with his voice so it's like really so <laughs> so wild that he voices different characters okay yeah i can imagine i think my favorite mm-hmm. quote was not necessarily my favorite quote but a joke that is easily missed the uh davy jones upper cabinet yeah Such i wrote that joke. down as well i love that that was very good but That's just in bad. general like uh, again a lot of dewey puns in this one and i loved yeah. how like um the, how the other two um and even webby were trying to pretend, uh, pretend to be dewey that was so like, sweet yeah yeah how like how they perceive dewey and yeah. go like I have a colorful personality. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm full of secrets. <laughs> yeah. That's so cute. Yeah. yeah. Also, that uh, that even Huey tries to make a Dewey pun. Yeah. It's like, I fear not the likes of Huey. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's really sweet. Like, I like, I love moments like these. It's so cute. Yeah. Be- especially because, you know, he felt very much um, 
outcast. So uh, yeah. showing, you know, how much his family really does love him, even if there are moments where they can't, like, deal with him. It's very yeah. cute. And I love that moment of, like, when they all apologize and then Huey goes, like, um, <laughs> yeah, but you really should try to communicate yeah. your needs more clearly. I, I mean, we're sorry. sorry. <laughs> it's like, yeah, um, they they do make an effort, but sometimes they just cannot read. Like, Huey just sometimes cannot read between the lines because, you know, autistic king. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, I think that's good that they, like, put that in there and, like, showed that it's a more complex issue of them sometimes struggling to understand each other, but really yeah. trying nonetheless. Very sweet. Yeah, very good. Very good episode. All the episodes are really good. Like. Yeah, it is a good show. And I'm surprised mm -hmm. we got through these so fast because we had seven episodes. Yeah, so now that we're through these, this this batch of episodes, <laughs> um, the third third batch of season one, um, going back to the old questions, uh, has your favorite character changed? Yeah, I, of the triplets, really, I think it's it's becoming Huey yeah, more and more. Fair. I see that, yeah. I figured mm -hmm. that Huey would be your your yeah. character. He's my guy, but still, the love that I have for Dewey and every time he gets a spotlight is... <sighs> he makes me so sad and I want to hug him this whole time and I really think that, yeah, I don't know. I... I in different ways, but I also am Dewey. <laughs> but I think the one that I um, grow fond of more and more is, is Huey. But it's also not possible to choose a favorite. No, I get it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then also, yeah, I am very, um, very happy to have met Phantom now. <laughs> I cannot wait to see more of him. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, like for me, it's still Dewey Phantom, like I said. Those are my mm -hmm. top of the list. Yeah, and and still gyro, even though like the yeah. the episode that he was in was not gyro focused. Um, I hope he's I always a joy, though. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, what was sort of your favorite, most memorable, like most biggest impression episode this time? Ah, of the episodes. I think, yeah, the body system one. Right? Just, I mean, it's just it's, a perfect episode. It's so good. It's the whole setup with the race and um, introducing a new character so perfectly. Bringing back Mark Beeks, who is the absolute worst. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, You know, you have a good villain, you have a good story, you have a good new character oh, yeah. who's also a superhero. What more, what more could I ask for? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, again, any theories... For anything, as small or big as you want. It's very interesting because we're like going towards uh, season finale territory. Yeah, next batch will contain the season finale. Yeah, and I'm wondering, like, where is this headed? I really have no idea. Like, because we got a little closer um, to to finding uh, Della, but there's no open clues right now. I think, and. Um, like, I guess there's going to be more with Mark Beeks and trying to get, um, you know, that Robotech suit. <laughs> yeah, sort of. What, what, what are you expecting? Mm. Like, sort of, what sort of storylines are you seeing I, in the future? Honestly, it's so hard to say because, like I said, there's, there's no direct openings other than, you know, this villain guy wants this Robo suit. Um, and I guess maybe he's trying to get it. Maybe he will get it and wreak some havoc in Duckburg. <laughs> That's something that I could see happening. And then maybe Scrooge being able to step in and save the day and work on his reputation a little bit. <laughs> but other than that, no idea. No, I, that is why I love mm -hmm. sharing theories. And I can't share theories because I know. Um, yeah, so, I have, so, so I'm very happy to hear yours. But like uh, yeah, it's it's hard to make theories because right now it feels like most things are kind of closed or you know don't have an open lead. Um, I'm sure we will um, get more um, like from from Lena and Magica. Uh, but yeah, they they will probably take part in this thing that's gonna lead up to the finale. I. I bet there's going to be a big mess in the city and all of them will have to work together. Um, 
maybe Lena is gonna be forced to take a side and then be punished for it some way. I'm not sure how they might handle that because, you know, it's like she wants her freedom and I'm not sure how she can get it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I feel like there's gonna be a choice down the road somewhere where she is going to choose Webby and her friends over, um, Aunt Magica, so we'll see. Yeah. I'm a little worried. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> it's, we've seen the show, it can gut punch you pretty hard if it wants. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, just for fun, any more thoughts on what kind of animals, animal you would be in the DuckTales universe? Or is it just the chicken i I, I think for now i'm gonna like i'm gonna stick with the chicken yeah, if something okay. else comes up i will let you know because <laughs> i mean this episode uh, this batch of episodes we also saw you know a bunch of really good dog designs that mm -hmm. i was talking about earlier that we haven't seen much of yet but now we are like really seeing a lot which is why yeah. it's sort of i also really vibe with the dog designs in the yeah, show the pirates were pretty pretty cool I like the the first maid pirate. I forgot her name, but she was really cool. Mm. Um, that was a great character design. Yeah. Also, this one woman keeps coming back. The one that um, <laughs> read on the bus. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm sorry. I didn't. I still haven't looked up where she comes yeah, from. Yeah, I, I maybe I should. I don't want to because I'm afraid. No, you can't. You you absolutely cannot spoilers. do that. You will spoil yourself probably. Yeah. But yeah, absolutely. She, I, every time she comes back, um, I'm like, oh, I know her because she was also at the press conference for the body system uh, episode. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, who are you? Who are you? <laughs> I get it. Yeah. Yeah, that's it for today. Thank you all for listening. Um, we want to thank Mykonos Salome on Tumblr for our cover art. And if you want to talk to us, you can find us on Tumblr and TikTok at DTSY Podcast, or find us on Twitter at Crimcast, or you can send us an email at crimcast at gmail.com. Uh, go, go love David Tennant or something. I don't know. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just thinking about David Tennant a lot lately. Go watch Good Obers yeah. or something. I don't know. Um, no outro, just David Tennant. Yeah, just David Tennant. <laughs> Oh, okay. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. <laughs>